0: Live from Estopan All-In, it's the Vamos Morados podcast,
1: powered by the state of Louisville.
0: Welcome to the Vamos Morados podcast on the state of Louisville podcast network. I am your host, Zach. And I'm Benton. And Benton, we have another guest this week. It's been great. We've had so many guests.
1: We can't do it alone. We have to bring other people to help.
0: Yeah, uh, we are joined by Callie McKinney, who is the head coach of the Racing's W League team. Uh, she's also, I, actually, we'll check with her. I, I think also an assistant at Bellerman uh, and and former U of L midfielder. Callie, welcome to the show.
2: Hi. Thanks for having me. Super excited.
0: Are you still assistant at Bellerman, or or was that before the? Does that be a league gig?
2: No, I still, I'm currently okay. still an assistant at Bellarmine.
0: Yep. That, that was what, I, that was what I thought from the press release. I, went, I just wanted to double check. So yeah. you're busy.
2: <laughs> very, very. I bounce around a lot of practices, a lot of going here, there, recruiting, a lot of stuff.
1: It's cool though. you get like a wide variety of experience with that.
0: I do. Like that's yes. a real, I
1: feel like that's a really unique position, like a good unique position.
0: Yeah. So we, we started uh, trying to to kick things off with a little, like, what are we into this week? Uh, sort of off the field thing. <laughs> so book or mo- movie. So ben, ben, what are you into this week?
1: So I've been, I started this a little while back and then I stopped watching and now I've started picking back up again, that new Lord of the Rings show on Amazon Prime. I'm, <laughs> I don't know how many episodes into it. It's like really high production value, but like, I don't know. It's I'm still kind of, und- I'm yeah, I'm still undecided about it. Like they, they throw so many characters at you that like, I don't really care about. I mean, I I guess I imagine eventually will, like care about those characters for, for whatever reason, but it's just, I don't know, maybe a little slow of a start for me, but there's a, uh, there's enough hooks on there to keep me watching. And again, like the production value is super high. I like the real nerdy stuff like that anyway. So I'm like, all right, I'll I'll give this a go. I've heard I've heard largely positive things about, it, so I'm gonna keep going on it. But um you know, I don't hate it. I'm just not like head over heel in love. But maybe the end will like really like ramp it up.
0: I like we'll the see. the lady that's Gladriel, the main oh yeah, main character she's like the, that she's pretty good. Yeah, great. she's
1: like the one I, I, I really like.
0: I I have only seen the first episode, but I did I did enjoy the first episode.
1: Yeah, again, it's 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 not bad. I'm just not like obsessed with the app. But again, like there's I think there there's like kind of a slow build going on. So I'm giving it I'm giving it time. We'll see where it goes with it. But uh that's what I've been into. Zach, what about you?
0: I I watched I watched an old movie this weekend with with Lori. We had
1: how are we talking?
0: Uh grandma watched our daughter for the night. So we had we had a date night and we came back and watched a movie at home. Uh 50s movie uh called the court Jester, which is uh there's a, there's a YouTube channel I like that does like movie sword fight sort of talk, breaks down stuff and talks about behind the scenes stuff. But they, they did an episode on like the big, the climax to this movie and it looked really neat. So I, I checked it out and it's, uh, it was really, really fun. It's a, it's a very silly, like 50s sort of Robin Hood type uh, adventure movie about a, uh, the main character is like a, a carnival dude that quits uh, and joins like Robin Hood underground resistance troop and ends up getting stuck doing like a, uh, a secret mission where he's pretending to be a court jester for the King. Um, and it's, it was very fun. If, if you were into like fifties movies or Robin Hood type stuff, it's definitely one I suggest. The, the, Final sword fight, which was the reason I watched it in the first place, is really really fun.
1: It kind of r- reminds me, like this, this is kind of related. Is that in college, for some reason, I took a, a German film class, okay. and that was probably the coolest like class I, I ever took. Like I just saw like a lot of like old movies, and like, that could start really old, like the Cabinet of Caligari, like from like 1920s. Oh yeah, and it gradually got more and more like modern, but it it got me to watch movies I wouldn't have otherwise seen. They were like good, but like in the art house kind of way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? like Expression, know, German I, I,
0: expressionist type stuff lots of weird angles and, and paintings of buildings in the background
1: yeah it was just it was just really cool class it had absolutely nothing to do with what i was going to school for but it was a lot of fun <laughs> and cool so that's right
0: Callie, have you had have you had the free time to watch any any tv shows or movies this week is there anything you're into
2: I'm trying to think. I guess the most recent thing that I've gotten into is there's this thing on YouTube. Um, I I do some reading, and while I work, I put on YouTube. It's called Coffee House Jazz, and so it has like a really nice like aesthetic type scenery, and then it's got some jazz music that goes with it. Um, and so yeah, I actually have it on right now, and it's super nice. Yeah, so that's what I've gotten into recently. <laughs>
0: That sounds very chill. I do love those those really long like music to study to YouTube videos, just like a anime girl in her, her bedroom reading a book on yes. a loop. They're very, very
1: satisfying. I was exactly thinking that same like lo-fi like hip hop girl. Like I know exactly what you're yes. talking about. There.
2: I know exactly what you're talking about as well.
1: My- There's also
0: <laughs> if I'm having trouble sleeping, like my relaxing at night thing is uh there there are a couple people who take videos just walking around cities in Japan in the rain and it's, it's like very 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 relaxing
1: <laughs> like travel ASMR
0: yeah travel ASMR
1: my um my like go-to music in that kind of same realm is I listen to like solo like modern like solo piano music and oh. I almost exclusively do it while playing the game football manager, which I've put an uncomfortable amount of hours in. So now I've like programmed myself when I hear this, like this kind of music, like I get very much into a soccer mode. <laughs> like I get like laser focused on it. So
0: do you want to get into some games, Benton?
1: I was going to say, let's, uh, let's talk about it. We, we have a good bit to, to go over with racing Louisville's match. I think there's uh, a, lot a little bit there. of
0: everything in that racing match.
1: Yeah. Did you want to go ahead and kick us off? What were, we're you yeah, kind so of overarching Racing toss, played a, this one.
0: a 2-2 draw at home this past weekend uh against uh the rain, the ol rain. I think soon to be not OL Rain. Because <laughs> they're getting sold. Uh but a very familiar scoreline. I, I looked up, I think uh three of their last four games have been two-two draws. Um so, uh very very similar i thought to the los angeles game where a a really really good first half from them and then like unable to hold on to the lead and the other team came back and got a draw in the second half um they have they have looked very very good in the first half of the games uh lately like mentioned that the the la game um but it is it doesn't feel great to to not be able to secure a two goal lead twice in in such short uh, amount of time what what did how did you feel about it
1: I'd argue it's almost a more extreme example of that Angel City game I mean that first half they looked fantastic they looked so good they like this like if we were very much seeing the team that we keep hyping up and keep talking about like this team's gonna be awesome this team's gonna be awesome and we were finally seeing it and even there were even there were parts in the second half like um Callie and I were, were talking before I mean that, we could have easily had like four or five goals I, I went and rewatched the highlights just to refresh my memory Carson Pickett had two like long shots that that dang near went in and then Wang Shuang had one towards the end like they were just all over him and then for for the game to be blowing like I'm a little more understanding of the second one that was just like a, a good play a very unfortunate time it'd be late in the game but uh you know for Katie Lunt to to give up that penalty like it just very frustrating. And then for Savannah De Mello to to get that red card like completely unnecessary, it was just like Cameron Lancaster or not Cameron, sorry, Cam. It was just like Wilson Harris getting the red card in Detroit last season did pretty much the same exact thing, was on a yellow later in the game, just kind of booted the ball in the air for no reason. Boom, red card comes out. And and you have to think, like, if we had a full team on the pitch at the end of the game, like would that last opportunity have have made it there? I mean very still very well could have, but uh, but y- y- you have to wonder if that that wasn't a difference maker in it so, so two just two brief moments of of young players just making mistakes yeah. it, it felt like cost the cost a a, a much needed win
0: well and I mean, Seattle is very, very good, and they they controlled that game, I mean, outside of those two mistakes, Seattle did not get a lot of. Good chances. I mean, they they played. I thought pretty good defense for most of the game. Uh, got out to the lead. It feels like they're so incredibly co- close to being very good
1: this year. we we, we were the better team, but I you know, I'd argue we we're the better team for the, for if you like look over the whole game and we and we didn't win. It's frustrating. Like like and uh, I I normally don't say this, but like XGB damned on this one. Like we like if you, like the if you watched it like the eye test, like we were better not to get the points. Like after we needed, I'm just. Frustrated because I know what this team can be, Callie. I want to bring you in here. What were your, what yeah. were your thoughts on this match? How are you feeling?
2: Yeah, I I think as far as not not getting the result that they wanted, I'm sure that the players, I'm sure the coaches are not pleased by that. Um, coming from like a coach and almost like a player view, I'm sure that they're they're not pleased because of how well they did play and to not get that result. It's very frustrating. Um, I do love their ability to build out in the first half. I thought that they were quite brilliant with it. Um, and I do think that their press, it's good to see them having a high press. It's good to see their rest defense is, um, pretty matched up evenly. And so I think in those regards of how they're doing, I think it's, they're doing awesome. Um, Granted, I would have loved to see them come out in the second half and continue to do that. I would have loved to see them continue to build out in the second half and continue to press. But um, I think, as you guys said, there, there's some simple mistakes, if you will, from young players that is going to get fixed and they're going to learn from them and they're going to grow from it. And I think that they will continue to develop and do super well for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, what um I mean, we mentioned that I mean, you can see you can see the way the team wants to play finally starting the the, the press is, is is working the way I think we have wanted it to to look for a couple seasons. What do you think they need to do to to make that next step uh to start putting it together for full game. Do you think it's just a maturity that like cutting cutting down on the, the mistakes thing uh, that'll just come with time this season?
2: Yeah, I mean, not necessarily the maturity thing, but I do think they are a fresh new team. They've got a lot of new players that have come in um, that they've added to the roster. So it is about, you know, getting to know each other, um, how they're, they're moving on the field together in relation to one another, um, how each other play, like, you know, what their strengths are and their weaknesses are, you know, they're still trying to figure that stuff out, I think. Um, And so really, I think it's just continuing to develop and get better each and every practice and learn from each game that they play.
1: you, You hit on what I tried to bring up on a regular basis about this team is that there's so many new pieces like mm-hmm. these players are still like yeah. getting acclimated playing with one another. I, I know Absolutely. I've made this exa- example a number of times. If I if just I just keep thinking back to a few years ago when when we got Corbin Bone on the Louisville City side of things, like it was just kind of a slow start. It takes a number of games until you start to really see like the full potential of the of the player within the system and with their teammates. And um, so they're still growing to be done with this team. And my my other thought with it is that. At this level of competition, a lot of times it comes down to who can make the fewest mistakes. And it just so yeah. happens that we made two very, very crucial mistakes in this one. I'd argue that the red card and then the, um, and then giving up that PK that, that costs us. Like it's just razor thin margins that we're dealing with here. And, um, you know, our three points turn into one point. And, and I hope that that two point differential doesn't come back to harm them later in the year. I'm understanding of some of these draws, but this one is probably the the hardest one to swallow, right? Because we saw I think the just some of the best flashes yet of what this team should be on a more consistent basis.
0: Yeah, for sure. I did want a a, a big positive for the game. I mean, we we talked about new players and everyone getting app, acclimated. This was the first start for Paige Monahan, and I thought she played incredibly in that game. She got um she got a goal in her first start, which is always nice as an attacker. Um, I, I, thought, um, I thought she looked really good uh, for the entire game. So I did want to, to shout out Paige for a very good performance in her first start.
1: And to take that one step further, it was an early goal, too. Usually we're the ones conceding those early goals. So really happy to see that the tables turned a little bit and us start the game with some early positive momentum and put the other team on their, on their back foot. Again, I mean, the, the rain, they're, they're a good team. And so we kind of came out and punched them in the mouth. Like that's exactly what you want to do against those good teams. Take advantage of that home atmosphere. Yeah. Certainly got allowed in there. People were getting excited. <laughs>
0: well, that goal from DeMello was incredible. Every that like that was, that was one of, I mean, we've, we've had, it's, it seems like the team really wants to score bangers this season. We've had lots of really <laughs> impressive goals, but the way that DeMello like twisted and shot on a volley all at once on that was incredible and placed it really well. I mean, it's very hard not to just sail a shot like that way over the goal up into the stands.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I was, I mean, it, it, I think we brought this fact up before, but her, the penalty kick she converted like a game or two ago was the first goal that she scored inside the box. And this was yet again, another goal from outside the box. This one though, wasn't, a, wasn't a set piece from the from the open play, but yeah, real, real outstanding goal. But, uh, it's a shame, we're not going to, we're not going to have it for the next match. Yeah, That red card frustrates me. Um, so looking at the numbers, I thought it was interesting that, um, the rain beat us in the in the xg department 1.51 to 1.04 not like a I huge will, difference there and i imagine a lot an, of that happened in the second half
0: i'll give an asterisk for that which is the the pimley kick is like 0. 0.8 of those so yeah. outside of giving up a penalty it it was like less than 0. 0.5 for them so it, i yeah. other than that one play a very good defensive performance i think
1: yeah um i mean we we dominated or no, they had, they had, they had more of the possession, but we were getting off more of the shots, 16 total shots, eight on target to their 10 shots, four on target. Kelly, we didn't ask you, are you a numbers nerd? Do you dive really into the soccer data or are you more of a like X's and O's sort of person? We compensate for our lack of X's and O's with the numbers.
2: Yeah. I'm more of an X's and O's type of
1: person. That's totally totally fair. That's the, I'd argue in some, some capacity that's the more important part of the game. (laughs) <laughs> so, so ben, got, who
0: is who is your player of the match i'll put you on spot
1: i'm gonna go with um i mean yeah Paige monahan she just had like an all-around like good performance got her her goal uh, goal on her first start like just really like great performance also in a um, shout out carson pickett again like i'll just like how she nearly had two like silly goals from outside the box like man like she's Honestly, unlucky that one of those didn't go in. Like so, she was definitely you know, threatening the other team. So shout out to her as well.
0: Yeah. What about you? H- uh, Pickett and Airsick have been such a big addition to the team this season. I think they have really allowed the team to play sort of in the style they want to play. I, Pickett is so solid on the on the wing. Like she can get up in the attack, but also is able to transition back and, and keep the defense solid. And, and Ersig is a, she's a good passer and, and she handles like transition really well. So I, I think the two of them are going to be up for it every game, but it's hard. I, I would also give it to page in this one, just scoring in your debut is always great.
1: Ellie do you have anything to, uh, to differentiate from us? Are you going to agree?
2: Yeah, I think, I think I would agree. Uh <laughs> I mean, I I played the six, so I'm always going to shout out Jalen. I think the six is just a great role, so I'll always give a little slight shout out to that. And, I mean, she did try a um, bicycle kick, so, I mean, come on.
1: Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) You could see her cheesing afterwards. It's like, why
2: not? Why why, why not try this?
1: (laughs) You know, if all it takes is just – you know just get by by one person getting that net and then all of a sudden you have like a top 10 highlight play
2: right I why like not it. why not go for it
0: i feel I like the act- the yeah. 6 is like the unappreciated core of a, a team cuz i feel like when a player is playing really well at the 6 sometimes if like from a a casual fan's perspective you if if you're just watching oh, you the ball notice. and watching the goals you don't always see the contributions but like, I feel like when, when the team is playing really well, it usually means that the six is playing really well. <laughs>
2: yeah. It usually means the six is kind of taking control of the midfield. they are taking control of the game. They're linking plays. They're allowing the attacking mids to do their job. They're cleaning up after them. Um, I just, yeah, I'm a huge fan of the six role.
1: Yeah. I was going to ask you later what, what you had played. I'm happy to hear it's midfield because I feel I'm a, Big supporter of the of, of the midfield again, so there's unsung heroes a lot of time. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but have you having played that, the, you know, the midfield role of six, I guess from a coaching perspective, is that I like, kind of really helped you to kind of understand both your at, like, attack and defensive players since you do like a little bit of it all in the midfield capacity?
2: Yeah, it definitely it definitely helps. I, I always say, too, from being a six, you have that 360 view and you kind of um, I think understanding the six role and being a good six. You kind of have to understand what everybody does. Um, and so having a good, I guess, a good um, aspect and view of what they're doing really helps you do your job well and help help it be easier for other players around you
1: have you ever found that like other coaches that maybe were like defenders when they played or attackers like don't like don't understand like fully some of the like the opposite side of the field like is that a thing at all like I don't know in my mind I feel like that it's like it's like a maybe I I mean I'm sure they're still like super competent because they're coaches but maybe like there's like I don't know any any gaps there is there anything there or am I just making stuff up
2: No, I don't know. I think like some, some coaches that I've run into that were attackers really emphasize the defending. um, And then some that were defenders really emphasize the attacking. So I think you kind of get a little bit of a mixture, I would say. I do feel like
0: soccer more than a lot of sports. I mean, every position on the field situationally, you're going to be having to do a little bit of everything, even like, if you're a forward, you're still defending. And if you're a defender, like you still are helping out in the attack. And so I, f- I feel like I feel like everyone on the field has to be able to do a little bit of everything in soccer.
1: Yeah, I mean, to an extent, but also like thinking more about it, like when when you when you get in this sort of position, you're all of a sudden like watching a lot of game film. So even if there are initially any sort of, I guess, gaps per se, I'm probably getting filled in pretty quick, which is the quantity of of stuff that you're, you're taking in and probably also working with peers and whatnot. I don't know. That's something I was always wondered about. Um any final thoughts on the, um, on the rain game, the rain game?
0: No, I think, I think like we've been saying, I'm still very optimistic about this team. I, I did notice, um, I think Jeff uh, posted it, but the, the team has has through for, through these first couple of games had the hardest schedule in the league now as of, as of this last weekend. And so, I mean, you know, it's been a lot of draws. They haven't got a win yet, but the team has been playing really good through what is probably the toughest part of the schedule they'll have all year. And so I I, I am still very optimistic uh, that as this year plays out, the team's going to continue to improve and, and play, yeah, play, play better.
1: I, I saw that on Twitter, that Field of Vision account. And, I, and again, I don't know how they went about assessing that and I didn't I didn't go fact check them or anything. But when I did see that did that, that did give me some some confidence and optimism. Also again, especially kind of going back to the whole part, the team's still gelling, right? So theoretically if the latter half of the schedule or later in the schedule is easier and they're going to be kind of a more cohesive unit by then, you'd like to think that we could really beat up on some teams and you can get some um some significant wins. I don't I don't you know I, I they don't they not only need a win, but I think they need like a, a thumping of another team. We need like a 4-0 kind of game, right? I think that leads us
0: into... uh, Their next match is... It's away, but it's at Orlando, who is, compared to the teams that they've been playing, it should be a much better matchup for them than the teams they've had to play. So I think they do have an opportunity in this next match to really show off the improvements they've made.
1: I'm going to pull up the uh, the Pride's schedule, right? Okay, so they most recently had a Win over the way. Okay. So they've lost three of their last five, only won one of them. Makes you feel good. But then at the same time, like you just, you don't like, you don't know like who, who what team's going to show up. I don't know. The league, Kelly, is, do you have any the league thoughts?
0: is very good from top to bottom. So there are no easy games. But I, yeah. I do think Orlando is uh, compared to, compared to Portland and the rain, that, that will be maybe a much bigger opportunity for to get a win.
1: Yeah. lesser team. Kelly, what, what are you thinking about heading into this next match?
2: Well, I think um, losing Savannah is going to be – it's going to hurt. Um, but I do think that they've got players that can come in um, and, and fill that. And, you know, I do think if they can just stick to what they've been doing and stick to their identity, if they did it against O.L. Reign, I think that they can go out and do the same thing with Orlando and against Orlando. So, um, yeah, I just I, – I've got high
1: hopes. So I got I got curious about um, Orlando and where they stacked up, and I like to look at 538 a lot, so I pulled it up here. Orlando is at the very bottom with a 9% chance to make the playoffs. We're only at like 27, but still, we're ahead of them. Let's see what the match odds are for this one. Oh, okay, it's pretty close. So they have Orlando with a 38% chance to win, racing with a 35% chance to win. So basically what they're saying is we don't know
0: <laughs> yeah. when it's I mean, that it's, close. Uh, home field advantage plays into – that a lot i know 538 gives a pretty big home field bump so i think to be even like that on the road does speak well to to, to level's chances there yeah.
1: and for context that last match the rain only had a 39 percent chance to win and, and racing a 33 percent i still feel like maybe like within the um the nwsl that they don't have as much data to work with or they're less confident in it because i don't feel like you see that 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 close of odds in some of these other soccer leagues on here So we'll take it with the grain of salt. I will still assume that we are a better team, but like, man, they just, I I feel like if they get one win under their belt, the confidence is going to shoot way up. Like, again, I still, I still think that they are like confident in themselves, but like, it's, they're going to really be feeling it when they get that first three points. Kelly, what's it, what's it like when you're in, in this sort of position where you're a good team, you're playing good, you know it, but you just can't seem to get a win? You're not losing for the most part, but you're just, one point, one point, one point, like what's the team mentality like there? And Nick, use a coach, like kind of, how do you approach that situation? How do you, how do you get them over that hurdle?
2: I think you just continue to focus on what you're doing. Well, I think that, um, you just keep reassuring them that what they're doing is working. If you are getting, if you are getting a result, right, you're getting a point. So you're not losing. So I think, um, you just approach it in the fact of you're still, you're still getting results. You're still getting a point. You're still adding a point to the board, um, continue to do what you're doing. Well, be confident in that, continue to, to grow, continue to learn. And then at some point in time, it's going to fall your way. Um, you just got to keep knocking on the door and you'll get through.
1: Now, I don't know your, um, your level of contact with, with, with the first team. Do you have any contact with them? And and if so, do you have any idea of, of how they are feeling about the this recent run or the most recent match?
2: Um so Amina was my roommate at Louisville. Um I love Amina, she's amazing. And then Lester, I grew up playing with. Um, we actually played in Italy together. Um, not professionally. We were with like the ODP team. We went over to Italy together um, and grew up playing against each other. So I love Lester as well, but um, I actually haven't asked them. <laughs> I guess i more just like see them and I'll text them. Like, how are you doing? Um, blow them kisses every once in a while. So <laughs> I haven't really, you know, life's so busy. I haven't really checked in to see necessarily how they're feeling.
1: That's fair. I just didn't know how your guys' worlds intersect at the training grounds and and yeah, yeah, and whatnot. there. I like Julia Lester not really no, really it. interesting hear you play with her,
0: yeah, that's a that's a good reminder. We didn't mention her, but I thought Lester played really good in that in that game. That was I think her first minutes this season and yeah, I thought she, she looked, her, her first major minutes,
1: yeah, uh, she had been um been out injured for a while. I was really happy to see her I um, back again, like I was a big fan of hers, and um. And yeah, I mean, we've, we talked about Rebecca Holloway and stuff like that. Like she's, I mean, she's had her good outings, but I just, I don't feel as comfortable. I hate to, I hate to call people out like that, but like, just, I, that's just how I'm feeling. And it just,
0: <laughs> I am, I'm glad to have Lester back healthy. Cause I think that gives them a lot of depth uh, on the back line.
2: Well, Lester's yep. so steady too. Like you, you know what you're going to get from her. She's consistent. So she's just steady. She's just a smooth player
1: i like that i like the consistency a lot it reminds me of uh, a few years ago pat mcmahon for little city like you knew exactly what you were getting with that dude right like i mean and there's something to be said for no for knowing that somebody's gonna have a stable consistent performance so especially especially as, in a defender. defender that's that's yeah, what you yeah, really yeah. need
0: is, is consistency so
1: yep so cool all right any uh any final thoughts
0: I think i think that covers it you want to you want to take a quick break and and sell people some products and services and then come back and uh do a very we're going to do a very quick rundown of of louisville city's week and then and then get into some fun interview questions with cali
1: cool well we'll be right back on the other side we'll talk Louisville city and then we'll grill cali so stay tuned
0: Welcome back to the Vamos Prados podcast. I am still Zach. I'm Benton. And uh, we are still joined by Callie. We're gonna we're gonna real quick. We're gonna go through a. I mean, not a disappointing week for Louisville City, but I think not the week we had hoped for. <laughs> From, I mean, it was. It's not the That's end enough. of the world, but it didn't feel good.
1: That's we had okay three week. opportunities
0: to get wins this past week, and we got none. <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm, I'm feeling okay. Like, obviously, yeah, yeah. you would have liked some ones in the Knicks. Fine. Like, the, the battery one, like, you know it is what it is. They're, they're a top team. We played them on our own. We got one point. I got to feel good about that, not to jump ahead too much. Memphis is kind of the same way. A little more disappointed in that one than I am the the battery match. But – um, and then the one we'll talk about first, yeah. the FC Cincinnati match, which I think that was as positive as a game as you could have losing – as you could right like we're playing bigger opposition they in their good. home which almost makes it,
0: it almost yeah. makes it even more frustrating to to not get the win because man especially in that first half they they were what the way better team in that first half
1: yeah and they look great they it's look one hungry. of those
0: games where you get the feeling where like when you're playing good like that and getting opportunities and and not scoring you're like man i, f- I feel like this is gonna come back and hurt them as- especially playing a team like cincinnati and MLS team you know that in the second half they're going to sub on some starters and and so it feels like in in an open cup game like that you really you really need to take advantage of your opportunity in that first half to get the lead because i think the game will only get tougher for you as it goes on and so to to have so many good opportunities like that and not have any of them go in was definitely it was worrying me at halftime
1: (laughs) Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, the finishing component is still like, definitely like a, a big concern, but like by and large, it was a, you know, it was a great performance. And, and I think, I feel like we we really needed that, like from like a morale boosting perspective, some new guys on the field, we got like Wes Sharpie back in action. Sean Tosh might've had like the game of his life there. He was playing absolutely outstanding. Um, And this is going to sound bad, but like if we were going to lose one of the past three games, like, I'd honestly rather it be the open cup game, right? Like I put more priority in the league as much as I want to go on a, on a cup run, like losing to a bigger opponent. Like, especially when you make them sweat like that, you make them beat you like in, and with a late goal. Like that's, that's, I mean, like that's at minimum what you want. Like you want to look good. You want to, you want to push them to the brink. You want to show that the gap between the USL and the MLS is not as wide as the average person might think it is. Yeah. And they did just that, but again,
0: My big takeaway from that game is, boy, Louisville City does not currently have a rival the way that Cincinnati was the rival because, like, playing them brought back a lot of old feelings that I have not felt about any other team in the past couple years. Like, I was nervous that whole week. My, like, stomach hurt the entire (laughs) – that entire game just, like, from nerves. And I think no, no other team in the league feels like that since they have left. So it, that is one little kind of <laughs> sad thing is no one's really stepped up to take Cincinnati's place as in far it, as rivals go.
1: You feel like the natural successor would be Indy. And I still think there's some sort of a rivalry there, but at the end of the day, at least on our side of the ball, like, yeah, it's not nearly as strong, you know, Tampa's you go back gotten to- the
0: closest, but even Tampa, like I don't, Like (laughs) there's a difference between really wanting to win a game and like dreading losing a game. And it's like, I feel like in a rivalry, you dread the loss more than you want the win.
1: Yeah. With, with Tampa, it's more of like a competitive rivalry. That was born out of the, the, the game itself with Cincinnati. I think it extends beyond that. And I think Indy has the capacity to do that. But again, on our side, I just don't think it's there yet. They haven't put a dagger in our heart yet, but on the flip side, I bet they feel a little bit differently. They'd have a different conversation. I think the rivalry is a little stronger on their end because you think back to, to hoping it was like goal in the playoff in 2019 um, and just some of the other other losses that we've, we've handed them over the years. So they they might have a little bit more animosity towards us than we do them. There
0: are lots of contenders, but nobody's really stepped up and taken that spot yet.
1: Yeah, yeah. There needs to be some sort of big catalyst, sort of game. And if anything, I, I'd say Tampa is probably one of our biggest rivals, is simply from a competitive standpoint. We're we're vying to be the consistently best in the East. Yeah, with them, but they've they've seemed to have fallen off a little bit. So we'll uh, we'll see how they maintain. I don't Did know. They'll uh, still, still make me nervous.
0: Do you have any thoughts on that Memphis game? It, I was not really able to watch it because it was happening at the same time as the racing game, and I was at the racing game. So I just yeah. sort of checked it out afterwards. It seemed like I was getting score updates. I was very happy when they took the lead early, but <laughs> I think did the same story as as the racing game that I was sitting at, which is not able to hold on to the lead.
1: I pulled off my patent move where I turned off my phone so I don't get those updates. And so I can go <laughs> watch it later fresh. So I was like actively like not checking my phone. It was driving me insane because I'm an addict. And I'm like I can't look at Twitter. I can't look at Facebook can look at it i can't even pull my email because i know i'd get an you didn't email you did get to it. see
0: any of my funny gifts
1: about the racing game you know like no i did de- not not, not my life you're like the only one that follows me <laughs> i was specifically staying off so i wouldn't ruin it because then i'm not motivated to go like go back and watch a match and you know what we're getting really off topic here but I did that before it was like a few years ago when we played sport in Kansas city. I couldn't go for whatever reason. I literally turned off my phone and that was the game where we won like four to three with that late Cameron Lancaster goal. My brother-in-law who does not watch soccer texted me because he just happened to see it at a bar. Like, wow, did you see that goal? My phone is off. If my phone was on, I would saw that. I've been livid. I would not have been motivated to go back and watch it. So ever since like when there's overlaps like that, turn off my phone so I can watch <laughs> it live, live in my mind. Anyway, to get back on track, I mean, Memphis was probably slightly the better team. Um, which is frustrating because I, I, I don't I feel like they probably still took a step backwards, if anything, in this past offseason. And and I feel like if we're playing our full capacity, we could probably Although, beat them.
0: Had a but, very good game midweek, beat Atlanta in the open cup. So yeah, yeah. Possibly and I was, Memphis may be getting stuff figured out right now. They had a they didn't have a good start to the season, but that doesn't that may not mean, you know, yeah. we don't know that how this season
1: going play out. That actually compounds my frustrations, right? Like they played all those same guys. I was hoping that there'd be tired legs that we could exploit since we did more rotations. And then that's another thing about the Cincinnati thing is like, we arguably weren't playing a full, full strength roster either. The, our, our best 11, if you will. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, you get a point on the road, like you should be happy about it. I kind of think that uh, we're the better team. And that one was a little more doable than the uh, Charleston one, but uh you're not gonna win them all. And uh
0: they're still in pretty good position. Uh yeah. So I I, I I'm not super concerned, but I would like to see Wolves we'll City start scoring some more goals. I think that's been the big
1: Yeah, that's issue the biggest tomorrow, question right? mark. And, I mean,
0: like they're still top three, so it's hard to say anything is a huge issue. But I do I do think we're accustomed to seeing a little more consistent of attack from them, and I think I think they'll get that as they play.
1: And they'll get a they get they get a derby week off, so that might be be good for them to recharge, recoup, get rested. If you guys got injuries, whether it's keeping them out or just kind of ones that are limited their minutes, whatnot, get them all rested up, getting a good uh, frame of mind, and then uh, have a reinforcement coming. Don't know when he's coming. Um, do we want to talk about him now?
0: Yeah. So a little bit of news, and then then we'll get back to to fun racing stuff. So uh, what's our
1: new signing name, Zach?
0: Uh, no, I'm going to force you to say it because I'm usually <laughs> the one that jumps in and, and, and mispronounces all the new players' names. So I'm going to let you take a swing this time.
1: Martin Po wow, P O think, U, so W e- U. So I think the
0: W is a V. So I think it's Poovels. Po- po yeah, Poovels. I think that it's a v. better than whatever
1: I, I was Plan, trying to say.
0: I could be, be wrong. Uh, or Dutch giant. It, he, he's a lanky dude.
1: Yeah, 6'7. That
0: is one very tall, very skinny guy. <laughs>
1: Yeah. But the interesting thing, they didn't size they didn't sign him for his 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 like size profile. They signed him because they they felt like he he yeah. was going to bring something to the pitch similar to what we have. He's going to be, you know, an aggressive pressing player and it kind of very much fits that mold. And I think the fact that his body type is, is something different kind of gives Coach Cruz something else to to work with. Adds another kind of threat, if you will. You know, i um, I think we do pretty halfway decent in the, in the air already, uh, you know, get like Sean Tosh, uh, Josh Widener can get up there. Um, but adding somebody like him in the mix as well could, could really help. So um, it's, you know, looking at his, I, I don't put too much stock into his stats over in the in the second level of the air Division Cause it's like apples and oranges comparing it to the USL. What I do know yeah, is that really different leagues, but yeah, coach Cruz and, and the staff, they, they've always very much done their homework with these signings and, they've gotten way more hits than misses in their in their few years in charge. So um, I, I'm optimistic. They did a good job. I don't know. Um, I'm very curious to see what the like striker pecking order is going to be. Cause I'm not going to assume that he's, he's going to be the the third string option if we're only going to play one up top. Um, I'm so excited I'm to ho- see him
0: play. He looks like yeah, a very I'm, interesting player. So
1: yeah, we'll see where he, um, how he challenges, how he, how he fits in with the squad and and what he contributes. So very, uh, felt a very unexpected, but, um, you know, I'm glad that there's more striker depth. That's kind of something I've been wanting anyway. A third striker, like, I just felt like two of, was pretty light, you know, even if Brian Obi can flex up top, but, you know, dude's, dude's getting old. Like, we gotta, we gotta be able to afford him some opportunities to rest and, and keep him more in his natural position on the side.
0: So, all right. I, I think, I think people have listened to us drone on for long enough. I think yeah, people get to hear our opinions on stuff.
1: Let's get Callie more, back. In more mix. often
0: they really need to already. So I want to, I want to bring Callie back in and, and, and get some fun, some fun background. I'll
1: go ahead and start us off. So can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your, your background soccer? Uh, you already talked about the position you play, but kind of what's your, uh, what's your resume kind of get um, leading up into your, your coaching career?
2: Yeah, so I'm from Clarksville, Tennessee, but my family, um, we moved to Franklin when I was in eighth grade, and so I played for a club team in Tennessee um, called TSC, and we won six state championships, um, four regionals, and one national championship, which then got us the bid into being an ECNL team. Um, and so that was my senior year when we won the national championship. I also was a discovery player for GSA. It was a Georgia team. So we would drive four hours, um, pretty crazy, but, um, yeah, so I played for them. I also played for the ODP team region three. So I was in and out, um, there, And then I was getting recruited out of high school and from club. And I decided to commit to Louisville and spent my four years there. And it was absolutely amazing. I can't say enough good things about the atmosphere there and about um, Coach Karen. I absolutely love her. I want to be like her. Um, And so, yeah, that's kind of my playing background.
1: Now, when did you? you realized that you wanted to get into coaching like when when was that like kind of an idea that started nipping in your brain like this is something i want to do
2: yeah so i have always been obsessed with soccer like obsessed is probably not even a good enough term to describe me with soccer and my relationship with soccer but um i wanted to go play professionally And my senior night against NC State, I completely like obliterated my knee five minutes before halftime. Um, And so I was like, you know what? This is 2019. So I'm sure you can um, kind of guess where I'm headed with it. But I was like, that's fine. I will recover and I will go play overseas. I'll come back and try to get into the NWSL. This will be great. Um, Then COVID hit. So I got my surgery uh, in November of 2019 and COVID hit that following February um, of 21. And so visas, all of that nonsense, like I couldn't get any of it. I was still in therapy at that point um, trying to rehab. But then of course, as you know, everything shut down. So I was having to rehab on my own and we all know how that goes. So, um, that became a whole process I got behind in that. And I kept calling, um, Karen, my head coach at Louisville, we have a a good relationship. And so, um, and she's a mentor of mine and I called her and I was like, coach, I don't know what to do. Um, I don't think playing professionally is in the cards for me anymore. And so I, I had actually tried to go be a nurse, um, because my major was in exercise science and I worked in the hospital for a while, um, during COVID and during my rehabbing. And I decided that wasn't for me. Um, and my dad was also a big part in that. He was like, you just need to become a coach. You're going to love it. You're not going to regret it. Um, and so then, I had called Karen again. I'm sure she got like, she got a ton of calls from me during this time frame. but I called her again and I was like, I think I want to do coaching. And so she was like, you know, I know some GA positions that are open. Um, and I think she had told me one in Arkansas and I was like, oh, no way, Arkansas. And, um, then she told me that Bellerman had a GA position opening and that they were recently transitioned to D1. And I was like, oh, okay. Where's Bellerman? i had no idea it was in louisville and i'd been in louisville for four years and so they um i got in touch with christineus who was the head coach at the time and um i was super super grateful he um, asked me to come for an interview and see the campus and oddly enough it was 10 minutes from my apartment on louisville's campus and i was like no way this is where where bellarmine is Uh, (laughs) and so i i loved it i loved the campus i loved the people there um and i was super fortunate for chris to give me um, the position as a ga and later the assistant coach
1: that's so funny awesome. you didn't know about bellarmine <laughs>
2: kind yeah, it's kind of embarrassing there. but yeah oh yeah it's definitely tucked into this like cute quaint neighborhood so yeah, yeah i was definitely um, yeah, not bright on my part, but, you know, <laughs> I was a college student.
1: <laughs> and uh, I like how, so uh, sorry, my, my one other thought is I like how you went into nursing at probably the most like contentious time to do so like the most stressful oh, and like probably <laughs> worst time to be getting into healthcare. <laughs> yes. Can't, I can't imagine
0: 2020, 21 21 is a very chill time to be a, nurse a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no. <laughs> Well, thank you for your service. <laughs> so uh, how, how did you uh, first get involved with racing?
2: Yeah, so um, I have quite a few connections um, in racing. So Tim Nowak, um, he was my goalkeeper coach at um, Louisville while I played. And then Hunter Norton, who was my assistant coach at Louisville, he was with the club. And then, um, Declan, he is also with the club and he was also my, um, my coach at Louisville as well. So just knowing those three, I was super comfortable. And I, I also had previously worked a little bit with KFJ, um, but knowing that they were transitioning over and they were a part of racing and everything that was going on, um, to get racing to be what it is now, I, just instantly trust those guys. And so I was like, um, I had called Tim and reached out and asked him um, what that looked like the hiring process and if they needed any coaches. Um, and if I could work with, you know, a high school age team, cause I like that type of age um, or that age range. And so he, he told me that they would love to have me. And I just kind of got plugged in and started working away with a group. Very
0: cool. Ow. So you started out with the Academy mm-hmm.
2: I did. Yes. Yep. Yep. I started out with the Academy.
1: And then, so when the W league came in the picture, is that when you kind of pivoted over there?
2: Um, So last year, Kincaid was the head coach. Um, And then she had just recently got engaged and moved to Houston. So um, then they kind of just approached me and asked me if I wanted to, to take it on. And I was like, absolutely.
0: It's very exciting. Yeah. The, the W league team, I think was really fun last season that I think it's a really neat opportunity to get to see, like, it's a place for the, the Academy players to, to be able to move up into. And then we also, especially last season got a lot of really good college level players on that team. And, and I, they had a very good first season. I, I think, uh, I, how, how are you feeling about the W League team uh, this season? I think they just recently had tryouts, right? Just a couple days ago.
2: No, we actually canceled those. Oh, uh,
1: okay.
2: Yeah, we canceled those. So we didn't have tryouts, um, but I'm feeling super awesome about the group. Um, we've had a couple of Zoom calls already with the team and just kind of getting prepared for, um, this summer and what it's kind of going to look like, and some expectations. So I'm super excited um, to have a bunch of really talented, confident young women to come play for racing and to to get looked at and hopefully get identified by Bev um, and Kim and Serge. And then also having a good core group of academy players coming through, I think is going to be um, super beneficial uh, for for everyone.
1: Now, tactically, do you, are you guys going to like try mirroring the first team or do you get a little bit of creative freedom with that or or kind of what's, what's, what's the approach given your, your position within a larger like organization?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I, there is, I can be creative, um, but honestly, how I see the game is very similar to how Kim Bev and Serge see the game and how that they're and how they're playing, which is one reason why, um, I love working in the academy because we all kind of have this same approach, um, and same idea essentially of the game. And so, um, that's something that's super attractive to just the club in general and how James has, has, um, set things up and so I I enjoy that and so that's similar I will run things very similar to how Kim Bev and Serge um do things
1: and with the um the player pool that you're you're dealing with a lot of these players will be um be be younger I guess how much I guess your your experience with Bellerman probably lends in very well with them right like you're um you're, you're already kind of, I'm used to working with a similar age group there. And not only that, but for those players that might not, um, they, they, they're probably going to be seeking out collegiate opportunities. And you, it's probably something you can help them navigate that process. Is that? Oh, is yeah. That kind of, I, I can
2: yeah, yeah, that will be, um, it'll be super unique because I'm I'm used to that assistant role and having super close relationships with my players um, just because I can as an assistant. So it will be a challenge for me um, being a head coach to kind of um, – not necessarily not have those relationships, but not get too close. Um, and just kind of having a balance of that, I think will be, um, something that I am excited to kind of experience. Um, and so that will be interesting kind of, you know, figuring that aspect out.
1: Yeah. it will be a really cool learning opportunity. Yes. Um, so we kind of talked about this a little bit already, but, um, I guess your feelings on the, the racing first team this season, like, do you kind of largely agree with us that they're a good team kind of on the cusp of bringing it together and, um, and kind of what, like, what, what are you expecting for the remainder of, of the season with this squad?
2: Yeah, I, um, what I'm expecting is I, I think that they're going to um like I said I had high I have high hopes I think they're gonna kill it I think they're gonna keep chipping away I think they're gonna continue to mesh well um and mold something something really beautiful in a sense and really play a pretty pretty game of soccer
0: um so you you mentioned it before I I was gonna uh, bring it up but so you you were pretty close with Amina at at of I, I heard that you taught her everything she knows uh <laughs> do you want to talk a little bit I think um with her being injured at the start of this year I think a lot maybe a lot of people have forgotten I think it will be really big for the team once she's able to come back she played so good uh, last season was playing really good in Australia I thought oh, she's she got killing it in Australia. Yeah. So do you want to, you want to talk about Amina a little bit and your history with her?
2: Oh yeah. I would love to talk about Amina. I, she brings so much joy. Um, <laughs> she's just like a little kid and the best way that you can describe a little kid, like she is always in a good mood. She always wants to have fun and she just wants to play soccer. Like she is a soccer junkie. She loves it. She's obsessed with it. She works so hard at what she does. Um, and really puts in the grind and the effort that everything that you see, um, like her goals when she scores goals for racing and stuff, like it's so well-deserved. Um, and I can't, I just, I can't say enough good things about Amina. I, Um, I've really cherished our relationship going through Louisville she was a year behind me um, and so it was super awesome to see her grow and accomplish everything that she did Um, I was super proud because of course you know I did essentially make her what she was Um, I cleaned up after her fed the ball back to her no I'm just kidding um (laughs) She's a world beater. I think she's a super special player as well. To be so creative and explosive and quick twitch that she is, um, and she's just a game changer. She makes things happen. Honestly, she she makes things happen.
1: I'm hoping she comes out the gates firing when she's she's healthy and ready to go. She I'm will see her back on the pitch.
2: She absolutely so. will. All
1: right, Kelly, I got one more question for you. Okay. Favorite spots in Louisville. Feed me some food recommendations, drink recommendations, anywhere <laughs> you like to hang out. Like, what do you like? What are some hidden gems around here? Don't even have to be hidden gems.
2: I'm trying to think. Pre game coffee. Very good. That place, I love it. Um, I'm good a trend. huge Synergos fan. I'm a coffee addict, so I can definitely give high recommendations on coffee shops. Quills is amazing, as always. Heine. They sell racing drinks now, so you have to put Heine in there. Um, trying to think, food wise, I don't know. I cook a lot at home, so food wise, I mean the eagle. Everybody kind of knows the eagle.
1: <laughs> you cook at I'm glad home. To have Good another Sintergos fan
0: on the pod. We hear we hear Quills a lot.
2: Oh, do you? Yeah, Sintergos. Sintergos is my number one in Louisville. Yeah. I will always, if somebody asks me where to go for like coffee, I will one hundred percent recommend Center Goss.
1: They just put one in like real close to my house, but I haven't been there yet, so I need to check it out. My brother is Wallace it in well St. Matthews?
2: There,
1: yeah, yeah, right by the Taco Luchador.
2: Did they really?
1: Yeah, it used to be the little independent pharmacy there, but now it's one of those. Okay,
2: I live like five minutes from there. Okay. <laughs> wow, so we're pretty so close there, but I yeah, yeah, up.
1: there's yeah, there's one there now, and um. And I got you. They opened just a few months ago. It's fairly recent. So you're not like too far behind or anything.
0: Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. The, the one on the one in the South end, uh, off of like Southern Parkway was on my way home from U of L. So that was always where I would stop in the evenings and, and study. So yep. yeah. Center for fan.
2: Yes. Good.
0: love to hear it.
1: All right, Zach, those are all the questions I had. Do you have anything to hit her with
0: i think that's it callie thank you so much for coming on the show
2: yes absolutely thank you for having me i thoroughly enjoyed it
1: yeah we, yeah, we I, I am looking insight. forward
0: to making it out to some w, w league games this season i noticed the uh the training facility has like a big new screen up so i'm, I'm hoping that gets used <laughs> during the w league games in some way
2: yeah uh, that would be super awesome i have no idea what it's going to be used for i guess i should ask I'll definitely yeah ask. i'm
0: not sure either i just we play our old, we play our old man games there on Monday. And I noticed that it just popped up all of a sudden. I was like, I, I don't know what that's going to be used for, but that looks nice.
1: <laughs> well, again, it was awesome learning about your background. And thanks again for joining us. And uh it's a cool position that you're in, right? Looking working with the W League and also uh, with Bellarmine. You got a, you got a cool setup going on. So wishing, yeah. wishing nothing the best with both of your teams.
2: Perfect. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys.
1: And thank no you. All right, gang. Another episode of Vamos Maradas in the book. Thank you for tuning in. And we will catch you guys next week where hopefully we're talking about uh, a racing win because Louisville City is off. So just three points, not six points like usual. Take care. Thanks for listening. Vamos Maradas.
0: Bye, y'all.